0: Are the, the most important aspect of, of our marriage, staying pure, is guarding my time. So I want to make sure that, that we have time that's
1: just for us. Accountability, a lot of accountability. Um, a mentor, having a mentor, you can bounce stuff off of. I think specifically has just always been accountability. Say you have uh, boyfriends or girlfriends that are going, yeah, my wife does this, 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 and this, and then you start thinking, well, my wife doesn't do those things. If you start using comparisons of your spouse to somebody else's, you're gonna lose. You're not gonna. You're not gonna be comparing apples to apples for sure. Hey, everybody! I'm so glad to have all of you with us today. We're in the fourth week of a five-week study called "From This Day Forward." If you missed the last few weeks, let me bring you up to speed. We're investing in the marriages that are existing and then trying to help those that are not yet married make preparations today that would be a blessing to their marriages in the future. We are making and keeping five commitments. What I need from you at all of our different churches, you should know these by now. Let's say them aloud. The first week we talked about commitment number one. We talked about how to what? We talked about how to seek God. What do we do? We always pursue and seek the one with our two. We pray, we pray, we pray, we pray. The second week we talked about how to fight fair. We don't fight for victory. We fight for restoration. Last week we talked about how to what? How to have fun. Could somebody cheer if they had a little bit of fun last week? Anybody have some fun? How do we have fun? How do we have fun? We have fun face to face, side to side, and belly button to belly button. Mm. That's fun. I told you 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 remember it. Today we're going to talk about how to stay pure, and next week, how to never give up. Now, you guys were a little bit flat, which is no fun, so I need some passion from all of you, all of our churches. Let's say them all five aloud. What do we do in our marriages? We seek God. We fight fair. We have fun. We stay pure, and we never give up. Today, I want to talk to you about how to stay pure. All of our churches, how many of you are married? Raise your hands. Raise them up, raise them up, raise them up. Put them down. How many are not married, but you'd love to be married one day? Raise them up. Raise them up. Raise them up. Leave them up for a second. Scan the room. Scan. Leave them up. Scan the room. Your eyes might meet. If you do, when you make a connection, name your first son, Craig, after me. Okay. Whether you're married or not, uh, when you are married, how many of you have a goal to commit adultery when you're married? Raise your hands. Commit adultery. A little extra on the side. A little extra on the side. Interesting. Uh, let's, let's, how many of you plan on getting addicted to porn? Massive addiction to pornography. Raise them up, raise them up, raise them up. Okay, let's lower the bar. Now, how about just an emotional affair? You're not gonna go all the way. You're just gonna give your heart to somebody else. Raise your hands up. That's a goal, that's a goal, that's a goal. Interesting. Really interesting. Nobody at my location raised their hand to any of these things, but statistics would say that well over half, maybe even 75% of you, would do at least one or more of those things in your marriage. It's crazy how nobody plans to do something that could destroy or significantly damage their marriage, and yet the majority of people do it all the time. Because if you don't plan not to, a lot of times you end up doing it. Today we want to talk about how to stay pure. Hebrews 13.4 is maybe the best verse in all the Bible speaking about purity and marriage. Scripture says that marriage should be honored by whom? Help me out. Marriage should be honored by All. all. That means if you're married, you honor the covenant of marriage. If you're not, you still honor the covenant of marriage. And what should we do with the marriage bed? Scripture said the marriage bed should be kept what? It should be kept Pure for God will judge the adulterer and all the sexually immoral. The scripture says that purity matters to God, and purity matters in your marriage. Now, today I want to talk about more than just adultery, but I want to start there and I'm going to ask you another question. All of our churches, how many of you believe that adultery is always wrong? Raise your hands. Okay. This isn't a trick question, I'm not going to pull a fast one on you believe it's always wrong. Okay, almost every hand goes up. In my country, 90% of Americans say adultery is always wrong, which interestingly enough, that percentage has gone up in recent years of those who believe that adultery is always wrong. Also interestingly enough, that even though more people believe it's wrong, more people are committing the sin of adultery. In fact, I'm going to tell you a staggering um, stat Uh, The University of California did a study, and they found that in just one decade between the years 1998 and 2008, in just 10 years, the percentage of people committing adultery in our country has over doubled, over doubled in just one decade, 10 years the percentage of people committing the sin of adultery has over doubled. If that doesn't get your attention, I don't know what will. Let's ask the question, why? Why is impurity increasing in marriage? A lot of reasons. I'll give you three that I think are worthy of talking about. The first one is because there are more temptations today than in the past. I'm sure you've noticed that. There are more and easier ways to get in trouble today than 10 years ago or so. For example, I can't tell you the number of couples that we work with in the church that got into affairs and trouble by meeting an old flame on Facebook or just some guy befriended a girl on Facebook, and the next thing you know, they started DMing one another. And I'm telling you, it's staggering, The amount of people that get in trouble now as a result of Facebook. It's not Facebook's fault, but it's our fault. It's a new temptation. Uh, Today, there are entire websites devoting to helping people cheat and have affairs discreetly. Totally devoted. Uh, You can go to craigslist.com, and you can get a screwdriver, you can get a spare tire, and you can get a prostitute. All on Craigslist. Now, for those of you in other countries, just so you'll know, Craigslist is not my list. That's a whole other deal, okay um, perhaps the uh, the biggest game changer uh, in my opinion uh, of temptation might be. The, uh, the smartphones and, and iPads and such that, you know, think about it. Those of you who are around my age or older, back when we were kids, in order to get some porn, you had to have a friend who had a dad who had a stash somewhere, and the kid had to find his dad's stash. Now, all you need to be is a 13-year-old with a smartphone, and you can get anything you would never want to see in just a few clicks, and it's something you have with you almost All the time, 24 hours a day, you've got access to pornography. That is a temptation that is taking a lot of people down. Why is impurity increasing? More temptations. Another reason is people are getting married later. People are getting married later. Now, there's nothing wrong with getting married later, but when a lot of people in a culture are getting married later, it just changes some dynamics. What does it change? Well, in our culture, even though this isn't God's standard, but in our culture, when people get married later, typically they have more dating partners, which means they have more what? They have more sexual partners, which means when they get married, they bring in more sexual baggage. And let's just call it what it is. In our culture today, even though it's not God's best, what do couples do when they're dating? What it, let's call it what it is. What do they do? They basically do married things, don't they? Like, I love you, baby. You're my sugar muffin pumpkin. You're, I love you. You're the only one. Actually, you're the 17th one, but you're my only one today. I love you. <sighs> okay? And then one thing leads to another, and then the lights go off, and what happens? They play naked gymnastics under the covers, Right? am i right am i right am i right in our culture today and then it goes to oh man you know, you stay at my house I'll stay at your apartment I got a toothbrush at your place you got one at mine I'll give you a drawer why don't we just move in together and essentially what's going on you're pretending to be married when you're not Why is it so painful when you break up? Because you're doing married things. And so you do that with one or two or eight or 12 or 17 different people, and then one day you do get the real spouse. And when things get difficult, what do you do? You go back to what you've been practicing for years, and you walk away because you've been training for divorce all these years. In fact, do you know the number one way that dating couples break up today? You know what it is? The number one way dating couples break up is when one cheats on the other. Our society is training people for unfaithfulness. So for those of you that are not yet married, here's one of the most important things. Write this down. You don't build a life of purity on a foundation of sin. You don't build a life of purity on a foundation of sin. The best way to prepare for a pure marriage tomorrow is to live a pure life today. Oh, this is such good preaching. I don't know how you sit there and just contain yourself. Now, you go, oh, Well, I messed up. What do I do now? I've totally blown it. Hey, the good news is we serve a God of grace. If anyone's in Christ, he's a new creation. The old is gone, and everything becomes new. And no matter what you did yesterday, today, from this day forward, you can seek God for a life of purity. Why are relationships all messed up? Well, there are more temptations. People are getting married later, changing a lot. And number three, there's a growing sense of entitlement. Wouldn't you agree? If I want it, I'm going to get it. If I'm not getting it in my marriage, I'm going to get it somewhere else. If she's not meeting my needs, I am justified in looking at something that helps me feel better. If he's not meeting my emotional needs, I'll just go find somebody at work because I'm going to bow down at the false God of happiness. My God wants me happy, right? And if my marriage isn't meeting my needs, I'll get my needs met some other way because i deserve it. There's a growing sense of entitlement in our culture today. So let's do this. Let's talk about purity. The marriage bed should be kept pure. We're going to stay pure in our relationship. Let's talk about inward and outward purity. I want to start with outward for a moment. Let's talk about the behavior, what we do and what we don't do. Paul said this, a very important verse, Ephesians 5, 3. All of our churches, you guys help me out with this, please. He said, but among you, there must not even be a what? Everybody really loud. There must not even be a hint of sexual immorality. Or, he said, any kind of what? He said, or any kind of impurity. Not a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity. Now, what is impurity? Basically, it's poison, poison. We don't want any kind of poison in our marriage. Now, we're not talking about, oh, there's a little bit of dust in my water. We're talking about there's cyanide in my water. I don't want to drink water. We're not talking about, oh, my mashed potatoes got in my chicken pot pie. I can't eat my chicken pot pie. We're talking about a cat squatted on top of your chicken pot pie and did the diarrhea in your chicken pot pie. I know that is nasty, but you will remember it. You don't want to eat chicken pot pie with cat diarrhea in it. Why would you let any impurities into your marriage? None. Not even a hint. Not even a hint nothing no poison in my marriage so let's play a little game just so we'll be on the same page i'll ask you if something is a hint of sexual immorality and if it is you say yes for example if you're married and you have sex with your secretary or your babysitter or the cute guy who cleans your pool that doesn't wear a shirt and has a six-pack is there a hint of sexual immorality there the answer is yes right If you look at pornography while you're at work, while you're working out, while you're hardly working, is there a hint of sexual immorality there? The answer is yes. yes. If you lust after Angelina Jolie, or ladies, I don't want to leave you out, Brad Pitt, okay, is there a hint of sexual immorality there? If you dress provocatively, you know, check it all out. Praise the Lord. Look at what he gave me. You know, well, he didn't give me much, so I bought some new ones. Look at them. They're new and improved. You know, everybody, look. Everybody. I don't mean to shoot at you. I, I've always wondered if you finance them and you don't pay your bills, do they repossess them? I'm just curious. I don't, know. I'm, not, I don't I know. I'm not against them. If you want to pump them up, pump them up. Just keep them between you and your husband. Don't show the whole world. If you're dressing provocatively, is there a hint of immorality there? Yes. If you go do some dirty dancing, shake it up, some guy you met in a bar on a business trip when, 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 when your spouse is at home, is there a hint of immorality there? Yes. Ladies, just in case you feel left out, if you're reading Fifty Shades of Gray, <laughs> is there a hint of immorality there sexually? The answer is. Yes. Somebody, you are being all quiet now. Yes. The answer is yes, 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 yes. Oh, but it's going to spice up my marriage to read some mommy porn. No. It's cat diarrhea in your marriage It's what it is. And here's the thing, ladies, don't justify it. Oh, it's just no big deal. No, no, it is a big deal. In God's economy, there's not 50 shades of gray. There's black and there's white. There's wrong and there's right. And you don't want any kind of poison in your marriage. This is what uh, Solomon told his son, Proverbs five eight, speaking of the um, the adulterous woman. He said, "Keep to a path." What? Everybody say it aloud. Keep to a path far from her. Don't go near the door of her house. Don't get close to it. Don't, don't get the poison close to you. Keep it away. I love what Paul said in 1 Corinthians 6, 18. He said, to do what with sexual immorality? He said, to flirt with it? No, no, no. What did he say? He said, flee. Everybody say it again. He said, flee from sexual immorality. In other words, run, Forest. run. Get away from that. Now, for those of you that are not Christians, you may be sitting back going, well, this is stupid. And for you, you can say that. You honestly can. You can say, it's my body. I can do whatever I want. If you're not a follower and a believer in Jesus, that really, that's, that's your standard and you can do what you want. But if you call yourself a Christian, you cannot say, it's my body. I can do whatever I want. Scripture says you are not your own. You were bought at a price, therefore do what with your body? Scripture says, honor God with your body. Flee from anything that would be poisonous. Jesus said it this way. He said, if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. He said, if your right arm causes you to sin, cut it off. Now, was he being literal? And the answer is, I hope not, because there's going to be a lot of you guys walking in next week like, ooh. Whoa. One-armed Cyclops, okay? Now, what he's saying is deal severely with anything that could cause you to sin. Keep a path far from it. Flee from it. Don't get close to the poison. Now, I don't know what this would look like in your life, but I'll tell you some boundaries that I have and you may think they're extreme, you may not like them, I really don't give a rip what you think because I'm going to stay away from anything that could hurt my intimacy with God and destroy or damage my marriage to Amy. One thing is I'm never alone with a woman besides my wife and my daughters. Under any circumstances, I'm not alone with a woman, not in a counseling appointment, not traveling five minutes in the car, not for a lunch appointment. I just don't do it. Another thing is I have all my computer's monitored with a software that sends a report of every single click I make. My home computer, my office computer, and the report goes directly to two men that both have the authority to fire me if I look at things that could be damaging to my integrity and relationship with God. I also have um, two accountability partners. Now, They're not my wife, neither one. A lot of guys say, well, my wife is my accountability partner. I think that's stupid. You you don't want to put that burden on her. I have two men who can hold me accountable because I need someone who can kick my butt if I need it. That's why I have two of them because one man alone cannot (laughs) kick my butt. (laughs) And so I've got two of them, and they hold me um, accountable. I have my um, mobile phone, I have it locked down. What does that mean? You can lock down and lock out YouTube so you're not tempted. You can lock out Safari. You can use what I do, which is a filtered um, web browser that keeps down everything bad. And I have one of my accountability partners who has the code, who can see exactly what um, apps I download just to make sure There's no temptation there. You say, well, Pastor Craig, are you that vulnerable to look at something? And the answer is almost every day, no. But if there ever is a moment that I'm weak, guess what? I've got the door of temptation in those areas that I can control closed and locked shut. That, I believe, is really, really wise. I don't know what you'll do. I don't know what you'll do in your life but whatever you need to do uh some married couples have decided not to have individual facebook um, pages they have joint ones so there's no temptation some couples i know they share all their passwords to everything on their computers and phones so so there's nothing that could be uh, that could be hidden Uh, some people just decide hey we're not going to watch certain kind of movies or shows because we don't wanna be tempted in this way. If you've got an accountability partner, you might just decide, hey, you know, we're not gonna to go to um, Hooters to have our accountability lunch. You, know, you just very, very wise make the decisions that will keep you out of trouble. What we wanna do is we wanna look at the outward behavior and make sure that it's pleasing to God, outward behavior. Let's talk for a minute about um, inward purity inward purity. And here's where I want to talk to you about the heart. Let's talk about the heart because the bottom line is when we try in our best effort to outwardly be pure, eventually we're going to fail because we don't have the strength alone to overcome all the temptations in this world. What we want is we want God to transform our hearts so we're living purely from the inside out. David asked this question in Psalm 119, verses 9 through 11. He had this conversation. He said, how can a young man keep his way pure? What a great question for the world we live in, isn't it? I mean, it's, there's temptations everywhere. How do you do it? He said, here's how. By living according to your word, oh God. That's how I do it, your word. Then he makes a promise to God in verse 10. He says, God, I will seek you with what? He says, I'll seek you with all my heart. Don't let me stray from your commands. He says, I've hidden your word where? He says, in my heart that I might not do what? That I might not sin against you. God, I want to what? Seek you, seek you, seek you in prayer and in your word so that your word transforms my heart. So the longer I seek you, The more you renew my mind, the more I'm transformed by the washing of the water of God's word. And suddenly, what used to attract me, mm -mm -mm, check that out, I want some of that. What used to attract me as I'm being renewed by God now repulses me. Why? Would I want to get near something that would hurt my intimacy with God and could damage my marriage? Ooh, I don't want that. That used to, like, draw me, but now, like, ugh, that's poison. That's cat diarrhea. And there's nothing worse on earth than Satan and cat diarrhea. I I don't want that. And it changes me, and I'm being changed from the inside out. And all of a sudden, we realize the heart matters. It's not just all the outside. You see, so many people put the line of sin in the wrong place. They say, okay, so I'm, from this day forward, I'm going be faithful to her as long as we both shall live. That means I'm not going to commit adultery. But what they don't realize is that before you commit the sin of adultery, you cross dozens of other lines of sin that are often in the heart. Hmm, That looks good. Lust, 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 lust. Ooh, flirt, 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 flirt. Mmm, fantasize, fantasize, fantasize. And the problem is the line of sin is in the wrong place because Jesus said this. It's about the heart. If a man looks lustfully at a woman, he's already done what? He's already committed adultery where? In his heart. The heart matters. The heart matters. So we're not just going to conform our behavior outwardly. But we're going to let the power of Christ, through his word, transform our hearts inwardly. And you can achieve a state of purity that many of you do not even think is possible. Through the power of the Holy Spirit in you, I've hidden his word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Now, this is my perspective on it. And all through this series, I've been giving you Amy. So I want you to hear from her but don't miss her wisdom at the very end of this video. Well, it's important that people protect their purity outwardly and behave in a way that's pleasing to God. What are some different ways outwardly that we try to protect our purity?
0: Purity has been an important part of our relationship, and some important things that we've done may seem silly and insignificant to someone else, but... Uh, just watching the things that we watch, uh, making sure we don't read the kind of magazine that's going to bring the impure thoughts in or uh, watching the right television shows or movies and um, the Bible says to avoid every kind of, of evil and I think that we just take that literally and seriously because it's important to God and it's important to protect our marriage in that way too.
1: Well it's so important and we try to watch what we watch and we put other boundaries in place too from um, protect against the wrong kind of relationships, to really trying to keep temptation at a distance and guard our outward behavior. Let's talk about um, inwardly for a moment. What do you do specifically to guard your purity inwardly?
0: Well it's all about my relationship with Christ, staying close to Christ because there isn't anything in me that's pure besides Christ and in the work He's doing in transforming me. That as I stay close to Him there's a purifying work, a sanctifying work And when we're close to Christ, he will then reveal the impurities in our life. He puts that check in my spirit so that I can turn from it, so I can repent of it. And so if I have an impure thought, then what I've learned to do is to recognize it because I'm staying close to God and I know that that's not pleasing to him. I recognize it. And then I say, God, I'm committed to you. God, I am committed to purity. And so I just reject the thought.
1: It's so helpful to just identify and reject those thoughts. Um, Amy, when you're dealing with other women, you're great at giving advice. Um, how do you help them to see the value of purity?
0: I think the key thing that they need to understand is that purity really matters. It really matters in their marriage, and it really matters to God. He's a holy God, and we are His kids who are called to be holy. And that means set apart and pure. And so when we realize that, that means that What we wear matters and what we think about matters and what we look at matters and what we talk about matters and who we hang out with matters because of who we are. We're God's kids and we're set apart.
1: Well those are great points. Purity does matter and it's not because we're like afraid and and everything but we do want to keep everything impure out of our marriage because our marriage is holy, it's righteous, it's intimate And when we guard our marriage like that, we can actually have our kids watch more Dora the Explorer.
0: Go, Diego, go.
1: (laughs) Go, Diego. Now, if you don't know what we're talking about there, that means you missed church last week. And if you miss a week, you miss a lot. Go, Diego, go. And everybody said? Amen. Thank you. All right. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's funny there. uh, Let's, let's wrap this baby up. Um, Unfortunately, because we're sinners, we're not going to be perfect. I'm not perfect. I've failed in this area too many times to count. And you likely will as well. When you sin and fall into any kind of sexual temptation, there's three responses to impurity. Number one, there's defensiveness Defensiveness, number two, there is remorse, and number three, there is repentance. If you are feeling defensive today, well, guys are just that way. Well, it's not my fault. Well, if she would do this. Well, if he would meet my needs. Well, we're only friends anyway, and it's none of his business. Well, she shouldn't have been checking around on my computer. If you're defensive, you need to hear me. You need to hear me. You have a rebellious spirit toward God. You don't be defensive. You are not above correction. You need to drop your guard and let the Spirit of God speak to you. Anytime a person is defensive. That's, a, that's, that's hiding very likely some sort of rationalized sin. You need to get over your defensiveness. The second response is also wrong, and that's remorse. That's I'm bad, I'm horrible, I'm never going to be anything, I wish I had not got caught, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, we're all bad, we're all sinful. Right, the real response is repentance, and that is I've sinned, God forgive me. I turn from it. It's deep repentance to our spouse and to God. I don't want to be like this. God, transform me. God, heal me. If any of you have a spouse that repents, think about the courage it took. And I pray that their confession would be met with forgiveness and not judgment. Repent. God, forgive me. God, forgive me. I'll close out with this story and then we'll pray. Uh, I've been married for 21 years, and maybe four or five years into our marriage, I did something that hurt Amy. She was um, in the bathroom doing something that women do in the bathroom with their hair or whatever, and I was in the bedroom watching TV, and I had the remote control, and I was flicking, clicking through the channels because every guy knows it's not about what's on. It's all about what else might be on, right? And so I was like, basketball, click. Golf, Click. Hunting show, click. Infomercial, click. Show with girls in bikinis, <laughs> click. And I hesitated. And a few minutes later, Amy walked out and she said, um, Did you uh, hesitate on that one channel? And my first defense was to lie. I I tried. The remote was stuck, you know, (laughs) and then I said, I I did, and she asked me a question I'll never forget. She, She looked at me, and she said, well, was it worth it? Was it worth it? And I've let that one question try to drive me through all the temptation. Right before a click, Right before a double look, right before allowing the thoughts to go, right before watching some show, is it going to be worth it? Because I can tell you right now, the answer is always no way ever under any circumstances is there any sexual hit or thrill that is worth compromising my integrity hurting my relationship with God or in any way opening up a door to uh, to hurt my bride who's been faithful to me. Is it worth it? No. 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 And right now, some of you are under conviction because there's something impure in your life. I'm going to ask you, is it worth it? Is it worth it? No. If you say yes, there's something wrong with you and you need to repent before God. No, it's not worth it. So whatever's going on, guess what we do? We confess to God, we confess to God, we confess to God, we confess to God. And guess what God does? He is faithful and just to forgive all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness because we will seek God and we will fight fair and we will have fun and we will, by the power of Christ within us, I've hidden his word in my heart that I might not sin against you. We will stay pure and no matter what happens, we will not give up. From this day forward, we will get it right for the glory of God. Now, Father, I pray that you would sweep over this place with your grace and your love and all who are under conviction, God, that we would turn to you to be met with your forgiveness and your strength and your power. All of our churches today, those of you who would say, Man, I, I want to live even more purely for the glory of God. Some of you, you're in the middle of deep darkness. Others of you, you've, you're, doing, you're doing better than most, but you don't care. You, you want to be even purer for the glory of God as you seek God, as you hide his word in your heart. He'll, he'll create a purity from the inside, and it will grow even on the outside. All of our churches, you say, I want to honor God with purity. I want to keep the marriage bed pure. I want to honor him with even more purity by his strength. Would you lift up your hands right now? Just lift them high, all of our churches. God, thank you for those who um, are willing and desire to be different from this world. God, I pray that we would so fall in love with you that that which used to attract us would repulse us when it's sinful. God, that our hearts would be transformed and our minds would be renewed. God, today, I pray when there is confession and repentance both to you and to spouses, God, we thank you that we're always met with grace before you. And I pray, God, that we would be met with grace before our spouses. And that though we may have a tough day today, we'll have a better marriage tomorrow. God, we want to honor you. Thank you for the courage for those who will repent before you, God. Find forgiveness and find healing in their lives. As you keep praying today at all of our different churches, some of you right now, you're under massive conviction. Like, "Mm, there's some things in my right that are not right. I don't know where I stand before God. And I just want to say, I believe with all my heart that God brought you here for this moment today. I can remember being just filled with all the guilt. The biggest barrier between me and, and, and God back 20 some odd years ago was I didn't want to give up the sexual pleasures that I had, I wanted to continue doing those, and, and, and I didn't want to let go and didn't know if I could. And when I called out on Jesus, he forgave me, and he made me new. And little by little, he gave me the strength to overcome those things that were hurting me. At all of our churches, there are those of you that you realize you need help, and you need forgiveness, and you need grace. And here's the good news, that God loved you so much that he sent his son Jesus, who was without sin, to become sin for you, to die in your place. So that every sin you've ever committed could be forgiven as you call on his name. It doesn't matter who you are or what you've done or how bad you've been or how bad you are. He will hear your prayer and forgive your sin and make you brand new. And that's why you're here today. All of our churches, those of you who say, that's me today, I give my life to him wholly and completely. Jesus, save me. Take me. I need your forgiveness. I need your grace. I give my life to you. That's your prayer. Would you lift your hands high right now all over the place? Lift them up and say, yes, that's my prayer. All four of you up here, praise God for you. And ma'am, right here in the middle, God bless you. Both of you right here together, God bless you guys. Right back here, all four or five of you back here in this section, God bless you guys. Others of you who say, yes, I call on you up here close. Right back over here, over here as well, praise God for you all. Somebody ought to cheer and say, thank you, God. Church Online, right below me. Others of you today say, yes, I call on you, Jesus. I need your grace today. I give my life to you right here. Big hand in the middle. Praise God for you. Everybody, pray aloud with those around you. Just pray aloud. Pray, Heavenly Father, save me. Forgive me for all my sins. Make me brand new. I believe Jesus died for me, and he rose again so I could live for you. Fill me with your spirit. So I could serve you with all my heart. Thank you for new life. I give you mine. In Jesus' name I pray. Life Church, would you all worship God? Would you cheer? Would you welcome those today born into the family of God?